people. What is up? Welcome to the Hollywood Heels podcast. I am the rock star, the renaissance man, the Duke Russo. And I got here the divine voice himself, Henron. What's up, man? What's poppin', brother? What's poppin', people? Smackdown, we back with the touch of NXT. What'd you think about these two shows, man? Before I get to the shows, I would I would just like to to ha- you know not have a moment of silence, but say that we should. Um, for one of the biggest tragedies in the WWE this year, no Yeet. Yeet is gone. There are trademark issues apparently with the word Yeet. I don't know who the fuck trademark Yeet, but to be fair, it probably happened like ten years ago because that shit been around for a minute. But it was just getting hot again, you know, and. Uh, Yeet will no longer be associated with Jey Uso. That is a fucking shame. I hope they make it some type of storyline that like Roman Reigns trademarked it so that Jay couldn't say it. So that way like Roman is still trying to get at Jay, even though he's <laughs> on a different brand or something. I hope they do something, but they probably won't acknowledge it. I That would actually be perfect if if it was like... I got the call from Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, to to take care of the situation. So I I got the lawyers involved, and uh, we we made sure that Jey Uso will never say the Y word ever again. That like cherry on top, man. This is they have a, a perfect opportunity to make some shit like that happen, and we'll see if they can pull the trigger. We'll see. Or either that or it's a trademark thing and they're just scared of it in general and won't fucking touch it with a 10-foot pole. Um, I would not be shocked if that's their stance. But, all right, we got this SmackDown. So the, the big thing in this SmackDown, we'll go through all of it, but the juiciest part is Randy Orton is now a SmackDown superstar. They were kind of teasing it. You know, throughout the show about this whole like thing between Pierce and Aldis, and, and Pierce was pissed about it showing up. Aldis is saying, "I am planning on signing him tonight. I can give him the entire bloodline. It's gonna happen." So at the end of the show, we get th- this segment. This was the the segment to close the show. Um, I, it, Randy comes out for the segment shirtless. I mean, he had his vest on, but he's shirtless. So I, I like that happened, and I was like, okay, somebody's getting RKO'd. I didn't know who it was going to be yet. You never know. You know. It could be anybody. He could RKO himself. I don't know. But, you know, there's a lot of bickering between Aldis and Pierce. They're like trying to one up each other, you know. So, so Pierce offers him the, uh, the winner of Seth versus Jay for the World Heavyweight Championship. And then Aldis just straight up offers the bloodline, the, the faction that put him on the shelf. Paul Heyman interrupts. The crowd is uh, really with Heyman tonight. Uh, and he says that the bloodline will make the decision for Ra- Randy. Solo and him, Jim, come out. They ambush Randy. Um, you know, trying to say that, hey, you know, you're not safe here. And... Uh, the Yeah Man himself, L.A. Knight. Thankfully, the word Yeah is not trademarked, apparently, because um, that would have been shut down real quick. Uh, Randy RKO's Jimmy into another fucking universe, signs the SmackDown contract, leave it, 
leaves it on Jim's corpse, tosses the raw one out of the ring. Obviously, Pierce is not happy. Uh, tells Paul to go ahead, call Roman Reigns, and tell him daddy's back. And so this is where I thought the show was going to end, but it wasn't. Aldis gets in the ring to celebrate with Randy, raises up his arm, and we get the first true RKO out of nowhere. He RKO's Aldis. What? I mean, you know, Randy, he ain't going to put up with no boss. You know, Aldis, I, in my opinion, Aldis was too hype. You know, maybe he felt he was too hype. He's too excited. This this wasn't your idea. I didn't do this for you. You have no reason to celebrate. I did this for me, for my revenge. And maybe what Pierce was saying holds true about him being a raw guy, even though wasn't he part of the SmackDown 6 or something? Maybe I'm wrong about that. But he, he was the raw guy. And so maybe he was still, you know, giving Pierce the oomph because I am a raw guy. I don't know. But I loved it. The crowd loved it. They had their favorites tonight, and Randy seemed to be their favorite. It was kind of weird to see the Yeah Man cometh, but I guess we'll have a you know a nice tag match before some singles action. He kind of disappeared, so he's still beefing with Solo. Jimmy Jimmy was dead. Um, if anybody saw online and the after effects of that, he just lay dead. They were rolling up the carpet and shit, and Damney rolled him in the carpet. They had to. <laughs> roll him off the edge and roll him back in the ring and he still didn't move. So love, love Jimmy. He's him, Jim, you know, can't say it any better. Love Paul throughout the evening, you know, backstage talking to Aldis at first and Aldis is like, I'm going to, I'm going to sign him and I'm going to give him what he wants, you know? And I guess you'll have to, you know, let Roman Reigns know that because that's the communication, right? And Paul's upset. And he was seething. He was absolutely pissed that Randy signed that contract. He was yelling at him, "Don't, don't come here!" What he said? He said, "You're safe on Raw." <laughs> Try to get him to sign on Raw, but man, and yep, same thing I wrote in my notes. The first RKO out of nowhere, you know, and you knew it was coming, kind of, right? Like, why else would he celebrate with Aldis? And I thought Aldis was kind of a big guy. But man, standing next to Randy, he didn't even look that big. That, that's just crazy. Dude, since since Randy's come back, like he literally makes everybody look small. He he almost made Drew McIntyre look like normal sized. And Drew is a fucking monster. Like I I I was knew I was gonna be excited for this return, but I, I don't know, like, the excitement is growing more and more, and I love that he's going to be on SmackDown because I just felt like all the real star power was on SmackDown, uh, on Raw. Um, you know, yeah, you've you've got LA Knight on SmackDown, and you've got, you know, some other, you had Ray, and uh, Logan Paul is technically a free agent, but I guess he's mostly on SmackDown. Um, and, and you got part-time Roman. You know, AJ Styles is on the shelf. I, I, I'm assuming he's going to come back relatively soon. I don't know. Um, I, I hope it's not as far off as the Rumble. Bobby Lashley. But really, like, I, I just felt like Raw was heavier on the men's side of superstars than, than SmackDown was, especially when you consider part-time Roman. 
And I think this is a perfect fit. And I think that this is going to lead to CM Punk signing on Raw. For sure, for sure. And that's kind of what we had called from beforehand because it just kind of makes sense having Punk on Raw and Randy back on SmackDown. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad we got a nice little story to make it all make sense. We got some some background to it. And I hope this leads to Aldis not being a fan of Randy. So he's got to give Randy what he wants because that's what he promised him. But we can see this potentially. Give me what I want. Oh my! We need to run that back right there. That's the funniest fucking shit ever. But we can see maybe Aldis pissed in the future and forcing Randy to be in matches that, you know, maybe aren't in his favor. But then he ends up just beating somebody's ass, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I originally said when we first, when Punk first came back and then we heard that LA Knight Roman wasn't going to be run back at Royal Rumble because they have other plans for Roman Reigns. Well, I thought those other plans walked walked in the door with CM Punk, but they didn't. Apparently those other plans are looking to be a Randy Orton. And I, you know, Randy's not dethroning Roman as, as fun as it would be, but that'll be a phenomenal match and it'll be a phenomenal feud. Yeah, I'm just curious to see what happens after Randy loses because I doubt he's going away. I feel like he's still going to have a a match at WrestleMania, but like, what's Randy's WrestleMania match? That's a good question. That I don't know. I think let's let's play it. Let's play it a Rumble and then go from there because. He's got to stay healthy. There's a lot of things that need to happen. You know, uh, he could turn heel by then after he does the Roman thing and then we could get LA Knight, Randy Orton. I I don't know. There's options, but maybe he doesn't even have a match at Mania. I don't know. Yeah. I'm eager to see where we go after the Rumble with this uh, Viper saga. Yeah, and speaking of sagas, I'm going to I'm going to try to catch the one from this show in one fell swoop. So we've got the whole damage control plus Bianca and Charlotte and Ch- like that whole situation. And that that was between that and Randy, those were the two juiciest bits of the show. Yeah, there were some other nice parts, but those were really like the 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 bulk of it, I would say. You know, Bianca is the one who actually starts off the show. She's still got beef with Damage Control, wants her belt back. Damage Control comes out minus Bailey, which was interesting. Dakota Kai on the mic, of course. Eventually, Charlotte and Shotzi show up to ambush Damage Control. So then after this, backstage, we've got Damage Control. Bailey catches up with them, and they're like, why weren't you there? And she's like, I would have fucking been there if you would have told me about this. Like, we should have stuck together. Maybe this shit wouldn't have happened. And uh, this is when we find out what our main event is for the night. We've got Kyrie versus Bianca later in the night. Uh, before we get into that match, what, what do you got on this drama? I thought it was interesting. Bailey didn't come out. I'm, I'm going to start off right here. First off, cool, Bianca, I get it that you want the belt. But like, how do you come out after winning at War Games and being like, but my beef's not over. This is what people complain about is if you're going to have 
this gruesome, bloody, violent match. War games. And then the next week you're like, but I still want more blood. How much more blood do you need? I get it. You want the belt. And that's the, you know, the big main thing. But I hope they don't play out war games to just now it's not because that's what they do with Hell in the Cell. And that's why they stopped doing it. We don't need to just see, oh, we're doing it just because it's a year and we're doing it. Survivor Series makes sense, which like we had this obviously all disappears hate each other. But then we didn't have a Raw versus SmackDown anything like there's your opportunity and y'all are still pushing this beef. Whatever. And what the hell are Shartzy? doing out there that's what i'm gonna call them now because evidently they're best friends and they only come out together uh that's that's an interesting nickname right there shotzi doesn't even have music she just comes out with charlotte's music and they're like oh we want we got beef with damage control too like not they're not even after the belt they just want to beat up them more i thought y'all were good people i thought you know you you get your your comeuppance or whatever and and you're happy with that or maybe it's the other way around but whatever like I don't know, but I like the Bailey stuff. It got kind of weird when they were like, as we go on through the night, they're like, Bailey, we need you. We need you to back up Kyrie. But then EO's like, no, never mind. You stay here tonight. You stay back here tonight. <laughs> and then, and then we end up getting the match. And, you know, we'll, we'll get further into the match, but it's like everybody gets sent away. And now it's a one on one match between Bianca and Kyrie. And then Bailey comes out, helps Kyrie, but then she still loses. So I'm like, what are they gonna blame that on her as well? Like she literally helped. I don't know. Yeah, I I think they're gonna blame her for the fact that she didn't listen. But you know that that whole situation of Dakota was like, oh, you know, the one who has the most history beyond, uh, with Bianca is you, Bailey. So you know, I'm sure you've got some insight that Kyrie would really like to hear. And Kyrie like really doesn't seem to give a fuck. She's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But um, and, and then the EO goes to no, you stay here. And I'm like, okay, this is a perfect example of the fact that Dakota Kai doesn't actually know what the fuck they're saying. That was that was where my mind went in that moment. Yeah, she they said a whole bunch of Japanese stuff, and then at the end, Dakota was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like just give it up, girl. I'm sorry, like I. It's it's not believable. In Imperium, it's kind of believable. Even though deep down inside, I'm like, yeah, Vinci probably doesn't speak German. But I don't know. Maybe maybe he does. He is European, and you're you know, so he may speak more than one language. Um, yeah, Dakota Kai. I'm sorry. I I I know you wrestled in Japan for a while, but there's there's no way that you can play translator. Um, yeah. So so give me give me this match. Uh, I mean, okay, it, big man, little man, essentially is what you could call it, right? <laughs> because Bianca just like, is Bianca, she's just like pushing this little girl around. Uh, eventually, they, everybody comes out with all their friends, right? So we got all of Damage Control minus Bailey, and we have Shartzi out there alongside Bianca. And at first, Asuka cheats, she doesn't get caught. And then Charlotte cheats. She does get caught. So the ref kicks out Charlotte and Chatsy. And then Asuka's now in the ring and she's doing her little Asuka crab walk like she's about to hit the mist or a kick or something. And then the ref catches her. And then Asuka's like, oh, nope. And she like, like I'm like a little girl, like, oh, no, I'm just I'm just hanging out. So now 
damage control gets kicked out. And I didn't even really... This was an okay match. Um, so I keep getting hints of Bianca versus um, Jade Cargill because she keeps hitting the Jaded, not the, the Glam Slam or whatever uh, Beth Phoenix called it, right? And it's the Jaded. And she she hit the shit on the apron, which was... Uh, not the apron, on the barricade, which was kind of nasty. I really like that. Um, but eventually we get Bailey out there. Bianca's like getting back in the ring, um, about to, you know, gain some more control, probably about to hit a springboard 450. Who knows what the fuck she was about to do off the apron. But Bailey grabs her braid and, you know, pulls her down kind of hard. Like it looked kind of rowdy the way she pulled her down on the apron. But then Kyrie goes up top. She's going to hit the elbow. And then all of a sudden, you know, Bianca's like, nope, I'm up. She grabs her, hits the KOD for the one, two, three. And she lost. Yeah. Um, I'm not thrilled about Kyrie losing literally everything since she came back. But I also feel like they did her dirty with this match, too. Because even, even before War Games, it was in a tag match. Or, or I don't know if it was tag or three or four. I don't remember what the situation was off the top. I think it was three on three. The one where, uh, you know, Asuka turned. Um, Kyrie definitely struggles with girls significantly larger than her. You know what I mean? Like Kyrie, when she's standing in the ring, the top of the turnbuckle goes to like halfway up her forehead. I'm pretty sure that makes her like five foot even pretty much, you know, and Bianca is much larger than that, much stronger than that. And you know, she was phenomenal in stardom. She got a great run there. And, uh, you know, that momentum clearly hasn't been carried through. And I think part of that is booking-wise, you know. Um, I, I, but that's, I don't know who she would be in a match against. I don't know. It's, it's just a weird situation. I, I understand that it serves the story and it pushes the plot along and you've got this whole Bailey situation brewing. Um which I, I would like to think that maybe we're, we're going to get like, maybe Bailey wins the Rumble and then we get EO Bailey at WrestleMania. I, I was thinking that we're going to get um, Sasha Banks coming back. She's going to end up rescuing uh bailey and getting her back when she's getting her ass beat by damage control we're gonna get uh reuniting of the boss and hug connection and they're eventually gonna get the women's tag championships probably end up against oscar and Kyrie, because i think eo will probably hold the title until mania and she'll probably fight bianca again and bianca will get another win or i don't know what's gonna happen i don't see bianca winning i'm i'm sure we're gonna get bianca eo at the rumble that probably will be our rumble match, but I don't know if I see her winning. It, I think for her to win, though, I don't know. Weird. Yeah, that is kind of another thing. And then the it's the Jade situation that throws a wrench in everything because Jade could come in and appear appear in this situation, and that changes everything. I mean, obviously she could appear on Raw and be introduced into the badass division situation, but like she's a wild card because. It's kind of like all of a sudden CM Punk's back and like, okay, he immediately, you know, whether you like it or not, he's in all of these discussions of, okay, is it Seth? Is it Roman? And it's like, 
well, what about all the other people that have been here? It, it, Jade's going to kind of have the same effect, I feel like, when they insert her. Yeah, and I want her, and I hate to just put Bianca back on the shelf because that's literally what Io and them just did to her like at SummerSlam or whatever, but I want Jade to come in and stop Bianca from winning this belt from whenever she has whatever she gets her championship match, my assumption is the Rumble, because it looks like they're extending this feud a little bit. She's got to run through damage control, so we're probably going to see. Um, we saw her against Kyrie. We're going to see her against Asuka. Probably not next week, maybe, but it might be a two-week thing. And then, you know, I guess they're just going to give her the championship match, but I feel like they might have to do something to make her earn it. So maybe she ends up in some type of match, because I feel like Charlotte's not going to lay down and be like, Oh no, you get it, girl. I feel like Charlotte's gonna be like, "Well, what I about me." Yeah, you know, I feel like she's gonna poke her nose into it, and then Shotzi's gonna be like, "I'm a psycho," and then you know she's gonna want to be part of it too, you know. Yeah, and you know, I I was very against Jade appearing in NXT, but after Triple H's comments about like, "Oh, we're not gonna put her in the ring until she's ready," like if that's the mindset. Then she kind of does belong in NXT. I hate to say it. Like, I didn't think, yes, like she was very raw and unpolished and unfinished in AEW. And, you know, it's part of, part of her. It's part of maybe the situation, you know, because there's really not much in the way of de- developmental stuff in AEW, especially with the women. I feel like, first off, I, you know, they don't always book the the women in the greatest manner. Like that's no that's no secret, right? Um, and I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe you do put her in NXT. You know, uh, fuck it. Yeah, she made a comment something about you know don't don't worry, you know we're making a diamond, right? I don't think she's gonna be in the rumble. But I do think we might see an appearance of her potentially costing Bianca a match or something along those lines. I don't know if she'll have a mania match, but I feel like she's going, you know, she's not, we're not going to see her or see her wrestle this year. We might see her wrestle a handful of times next year, but probably not until the second or third quarter of next year. That would be interesting because I'm sure she signed to a whole lot of fucking money, especially the way that they treated this whole situation. So I, I don't know, letting that kind of money just sit on the shelf might kind of piss some people off. Maybe, but I mean, shit, that's when you bring CM Punk back, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you putting a couple people on the shelf and just hanging and waiting. Like, I mean, come on. I feel like you're making that merch money with Cody, but kind of kind of letting them men hang on the shelf you know yeah but the difference is is cm punk has already done more than jade has like he's touched a microphone you know what i mean That's like true. jade hasn't even done that so i it is what it is i suppose um the second match of this show that we had had a little little storyline situation going with it and i was kind of interested first off so we had butch First, Bobby Lashley. And my first thought was, why? Like, why are we having this? And then, you know, I I guess the crux of this was 
the brawling brute situation of are they done? I guess I guess they're done. Yeah. She was like talking to uh there was like a backstage segment that they I don't think it was on anything we saw. It was on SmackDown Lowdown, maybe, or some one of those random shows that you know you didn't even know existed. Um, but he was, you know, they're asking him what's up with that. He's like, I don't know. I haven't spoken with Ridge. I haven't talked to Seamus in months. I like how they slid that in there. So maybe we get Ridge and Seamus as a heel tag team. And they come, you know, when Seamus comes back, like Seamus is going to come back and be like, oh, I'm here. You know, and Ridge is going to be like, welcome back, brother. And then Seamus is going to brogue kick him in the face. Right. And then we get uh, British strong style when they bring Tyler Bate up. And we got, you know, Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate against uh, Seamus and Ridge the Fridge. That could be fun stuff. Uh, just speculation there. I didn't enjoy that. Bobby was like, you need to make a name for yourself, kid, before you talk to me. (laughs) And and then it leads to the match, right? And then like they get it like before they get into the match, they just give Bobby a mic. Okay, I have to comment on all this right here because this was my highlight of the night. Bobby and the Street Profits look like smell like feel like money like come on like they come out it's fire they do the fist bump to the beat it's fire they look good they just give bobby and mike the talk and they're like kid when i said you got to make a name for yourself i didn't mean against me and he's like let me show you what a name is or whatever and the crowd's going crazy for this guy like they and i I saw some he does not feel like a heel if i'm being honest 100 percent, and that's like, I don't know who said this, where said this, right? But there's like people on the internet talking like the crowd refusing to boo him. WWE may need to change what they've been doing because he's he's over. They're all over. Like, I don't know, even this new attitude and they're supposed to be heels. Like, you just kind of made them cooler. You know what I'm saying? I mean, to be fair, Rhea gets cheered 90% of the time. The only time she gets booed is is like... The thing is, is they don't give Bobby promo heel promos like they give everybody else. You know the the cheap the cheap heat shit of like, oh look at all you inbreds in the audience tonight or shit like that. Like you know they'll give even Rhea those kinds of lines, and then that's the only time she really gets booed. They don't give Bobby that kind of stuff. Yeah, not at all. And man, like he he's just he's just great, you know, and um. But, you know, he says, I'm going to break you. And then Butch just smacks him, right? And I I thought this was not that bad of a match. You know, Bobby was Bobby as hell, man. He was slamming this guy, throwing him all over the place. But Butch was Butch going crazy when he could. He hit a double, like a springboard moonsault or some shit. Uh, and then like a, moon, a corner moonsault off the turnbuckle, you know, back to back on the outside, which was pretty nice. But Bobby was just hurting this man. He hit him with like this one-handed choke slam, but his hands like in his stomach and chest, and he just gets the guy so high and smashes him. Hits a running power slam. At one point, he threw him into the post, and Tez is on the outside. He said they didn't realize Black Friday extended. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, did they really say that? <laughs> like, come on, you can't hate these guys, man. But. Um, and you know, Butch, he he was getting the finger twisting. He got that nice uh whatever stomp to the arm and 
it looked like he was getting after Bobby, but man, Bobby eventually hit a spear after Butch absolutely slapped the shit out of him. Like he slapped the shit out of him, and then Bobby got pissed, clothesline spear, one, two, three. But I, you know, points for for all parties involved in this match. Yeah, yeah, and I do think some of that's on Butch for selling as well. Like when JD takes his wild back body drops, and then he like didn't take a good one from it might have actually been Seth or somebody. Yeah. But you know, like we don't look at that as on JD. We look at that as on Seth. So like especially that that like choke slam spot, like that's just as impressive for Butch as it is Bobby. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know how we even got to having this match. I I know there was the whole, you know, make a name for yourself and what but like I don't know. These these two don't really belong in the ring. I, I wanna see Bobby wrestle more for sure, but like this one this one was just weird to me. I mean, if this leads to Bobby beating well, I guess cause so okay, two thoughts here. If this leads to Bobby, you know, potentially beating this man down more, beating him up backstage, you know, anything like that, maybe this leads to all of the brawling brutes coming back, Ridge and Sheamus. That'd be some fun three-on-three action, you know, Street Profits and Bobby kind of stuff there. But, you know, we see him backstage again getting beat up by Pretty Deadly, who were there just talking shit, and then he starts to fight them, gets his ass beat. I, I don't know why. What's his name? Uh, I think it was Kit Wilson. He like pulls his hair back and then throws his fingers and does like speared fingers at the guy like he's casting a spell. I don't know what that was about, but it was beautiful. But yeah, Butch was putting his selling on 100. It kind of reminds me of what Cameron Grimes was doing, trying to keep your name up there, keep being noticed, just what JD did, because JD skyrocketed. You know, he's actually in a picture now. You know, this is the only way you're going to stay relevant, especially if you lost your tag team partner. Yeah, and I I actually really want to see Bobby Ridge. Yeah, like... That'd be like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that'd be a nice big man battle. Dude, they would meet, meet, meet. Let's go. Yeah. And uh, speaking of meat, well, we'll, we finally did get some nice meat chance in the WWE, but it was in NXT. We'll get there. Um, After this match was when we had the uh, the Heyman and Aldis' office segment. And the one thing that we didn't touch on from there was that. We had my New York Jets belt in the background. We also had the Giants one off to the side as well, but we, you know, we don't care about them here. But, you know, as pitiful as a fucking franchise as we are and everything that goes on there, I am a diehard Jets fan. Just just hide the belt. Just hide it. Like, we don't need to be talked about. We don't need any more attention. Like, let us just, you know, candle our grieving process in private, please. So, so two notes. I hate the Giants, right? Um, I didn't think the Jets belt looked that bad. I do think that's one of the better looking belts that the WWE has. And secondly, I'd like to apologize for any of my Jets slander because my heart was ripped from my soul watching the 49ers-Eagles game. And I that made me feel bad. So I'm sorry. Yeah, and... Uh... You know who are the two teams to beat the Eagles? Oh, it was the Jets, wasn't it? 
Yeah, the Jets and now the Niners. So even though we suck and we have four wins, we somehow beat you guys. I don't, listen, that probably shouldn't have happened. Although we did almost beat the Chiefs as well. But, bro, like 90, 99% of my life has been this team fucking sucking. Like the back-to-back AFC championship games with Rex Ryan were, were basically the highlights of my football life. Um yeah, this is this is one of the most woe gone franchises in North American sports. And uh like I I'm I'm definitely a loyal to your soil kind of guy. Like I all the teams I root for are I'm from Jersey, so uh all the teams I root for or New York or New Jersey teams and uh I can't I can't just root for another team. You know what I mean? It's like, I just got to root for shit for the rest of my fucking life. That's, that's my life, dude. That's a, that's a roughie man, but maybe one of these days, right? All, all these, you know, teams, teams come around eventually. Look at the, uh, look at the Denver nuggets. You know what I'm saying? Bro, the, the Cubs, it took the Cubs like a hundred years or whatever to win another, another fucking world series. There were, significant amount of people that were born, lived, and died without them seeing a championship. Like, I I honestly expect... Now, I don't root for all bad teams. Like, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. They've gave me plenty of plenty of championships throughout my lifetime um i am a knicks fan so i haven't got one there either yeah but um i've seen championship i just don't expect one from the jets they're they're literally out of all the teams i root for they are the team that i expect one from the least and i may die and we're never going to see a championship out of them It, it could be but it's just like the fallout meme so you're saying there's a chance there's a chance. There's always a chance. It is professionals, and I don't know. Fuck, fuck, fuck football. Fuck the Jets. I I love them, but I hate them, and it's just, uh, it's. I I wish I cared less than I do, but I don't. Um. Anyway, uh, we end up with a interview backstage with Santos Escobar. So Santos has a. Uh, a match with Joaquin Wild later in the show, and we'll we'll jump to that. Right, actually, I think these segments are back to back. Yes, they are. Um, so he's just saying that he's finishing what Ray started. Ray started the end of the LWO when he chose Carlito over me again. When the fuck did that actually happen? I still don't understand this. And he's saying that he's going to put Joaquin on the shelf, all the shit, whatnot. But like, I just. I would love an explanation from Santos of when and like how he actually chose Carlito over him. I I just don't understand it. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, all fully add up. But I mean, this heel turn, the man's gained just so many points for doing things that I love. Like the the shit he said to Rey Mysterio that they played back about, I hope the surgery doesn't go well. I hope your shit gets infected and they have to amputate your leg. Like that's like the best line I've ever fucking heard in wrestling. Like I did like put that on my wall. That's like Monday motivation shit right there. And then when he snuck out and hit that knee like to the back of the neck and head of Carlito, like I love that shit. I, I don't know 
you know, maybe that's, you know, some some weird shit within me. But God, that's the best shit I could ever see in my life. And I don't even I guess we saw Joaquin Wild wrestle on NXT, right? Has he has he wrestled on the main roster before? I have not. I don't even remember seeing him in a singles match, like ever, including NXT. Although, you know, my my history with NXT is spotty. But um, I feel like this was the first time I ever saw him in a singles match. I, I had only seen him with Cruz del Toro. Yeah, and he, he wore like a mask and shit in NXT, right? He had like a different name. But I mean, he actually got the crowd to care about him for a hot second. Like he was hyping up. He got the crowd cheering for him for a little bit. He was hitting some high flying moves. Like he was, he's a pretty entertaining guy. Kind of hard for me to really buy into him because he kind kind of looks like a little wimpy boy, you know, but yeah, I don't want to talk too much mess about anybody. But yeah, he ends up, you know, getting kicked in the head. He hit this rolling DDT, which was really nice. But yeah, he gets his head kicked off, eats the phantom driver for the one, two, three. And we eventually get Dragon Lee coming out to try to, uh, you know, get his revenge on Escobar. And, you know, Escobar leaves, quote unquote, but then runs back to try to sneak attack Dragon Lee. But, you know, he ends up uh, getting his sneak attack countered, kind of getting beat down a little bit. And Dragon Lee stands tall, so their feud isn't done either. So we'll see where this might go. Hopefully the, the Phantom Squad becomes Angel and Umberto. And we get like Dragon Lee and Ray and Carlito. That doesn't sound good at all, honestly. I, I think they're getting them rematched shortly because I think they're coming up in the tournament that we'll cover here in the next segment. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I was also very confused at like that really extra small shirt that Santos came out in that was like cut into like, I'm just going to say a tabard because I don't know any better term. Um, it was, that was a very weird situation too. That was like, uh, uh, you know, did, did you not, did you not have one that fit that they could cut properly? Like this one, it, it almost looked like a bib. Dude, I'm just going to say that right there. Like that's the best. It was just a bib, a big, <laughs> a big bib. And, uh, I think it was just something where he had his shirt and he's like, I'm gonna cut it. And then it wasn't even, you know, uh, and he's like, I'm gonna cut it a little bit more. Ah, uh, now it's not <laughs> even on the other side. I'm gonna cut it a little bit more. <laughs> to the point where you literally just end up with the graphic and 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 the neckline, and that's it. Pretty much. All right, fair. I think we've all kind of been in that that deal. Um, all right. So next, we got Logan Paul comes out. So th- there's there's a few things to unpack here. He's he's asking where his haters at. He's like, you know, I'm the fastest rising star in the WWE. Not him. I think you got the wrong person, pal. We all know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's saying that everybody wants this title. Y'all want this title. It's been on my junk, just like all y'all. And I was like, all right, that was a pretty good line there from Logan Paul. I'll give you that one. And so apparently him and Pier, uh, Pierce, yeah, put no. Aldis, sorry. These guys, I'm going to keep... Yeah. They, they should just fight, dude. They should just fight and get they it should. over. Um, they're they're going to put a tournament together to decide his next challenger. So, all right. The, the tournament members that are announced, we've got Santos Escobar, Bobby Lashley, Dragon Lee, Karrion Cross. What? What? One of these things is not like the other. Um, 
Austin Theory, Grayson Walla, Kevin Owens, which doesn't actually end up being true, and a quote-unquote unnamed NXT star, which I'm actually really excited for. Uh, I, I have speculations on that. We'll see. Um, and then that's, they're going to do a tournament, and then that's going to decide who is going to be his next challenger. Um, KO interrupts, saying that, oh, you know, the Logan Paul nightmare that we're all having is about to end. Uh, A-Town Down Under joins the party. They're talking, and while Theory is just talking, KO just punches him in the face. <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful. And then uh, apparently the, the next match that we have after that is KO Waller. So uh, how do you feel about this tournament? Yeah, I'm excited for the tournament. I think it's going to be interesting, right? So like, I get so like you said, I guess Kevin Owens not in it because of his hand or what? Because I I feel like they announced they, they even tweeted uh, out that you know we'll we'll cover this a little bit more in the match, but they tweeted out after the thing that Kevin Owens has a uh, fourth and fifth uh, metacarpal fracture and will be sidelined. Because that that does make sense. Because they sure during the match they were like, yeah, he broke his hand. He broke his hand. Like they did say that multiple times in the match, right? And I was like, that's a weird thing to just be like, like I don't think he did that, but okay, right? And they even after the match they were like, so next week we have Grayson Waller versus Kevin Owens for the tournament match. And I'm like, why wasn't this the tournament match? If like they literally made no sense, right? But I did. As much as, you know, we we shouldn't be the biggest fan of this Logan Paul guy. Like, I mean, he's kind of doing it, man. Like, he's he's entertaining. I can't lie. Like, first off, he's backstage. The guy's bigger than Aldis as well. Like, he, he's taller than Aldis. Not not maybe bigger, but he's taller than Aldis. So that's that's saying something, right? Um, and I will say, Prime, it it's kind of good. Like, I I kind of like it a lot. I can't even. I can't no. even lie, man. Shit's, shit's not good for you, dude. Don't even. Don't even go down that. Well, road. I don't. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't condone. It, I don't drink it. But I'm saying, like, the flavor, like, it's it's not bad. Like, it it tastes it tastes nice, right? But it's and then I love Kevin Owens punching out Austin Theory. He gives a shout out to Vine, which man, I don't know the last time I heard that. That was that was a, a great app from back in the day. Um, I did love the little six second comments. He said it took me six seconds to figure out, you know, you suck or you're a piece of shit or whatever that he said. And Logan Paul says, well, it only take me six seconds to put you down. And that's five more than I need or some shit like that. And he was doing out, uh, showing out with his, you know, talks here, even on commentary, he was putting this guy down and then, you know, we end up with a uh, Kevin Owens Waller match, which eh, was okay. It was all right. It was just a, a group beat down, and I don't know. It was meh. Um, KO wins the match, but obviously doesn't win the situation. You go over the match. I have some ideas of replacements for him on this tournament, but uh, actually, mainly it's just one idea that I feel pretty decent about. But, um, yeah, go through the match. Yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I, I feel like I know who you're thinking, and I feel like they're going to win the tournament. We'll see if we're thinking about the same person. 
Um, we probably are. <laughs> but I think just like when Kevin Owens was on commentary, I think honestly the highlight of this was Logan Paul on commentary. Um, he just kept going after Kevin Owens. Like, I'm really surprised a man of that size can move so quickly. He was like, the only thing that Kevin Owens makes me desire is McDonald's. He called him Humpty Dumpty. Like, he says, um, Kevin Owens is just Otis on a diet. Like, he was going in on this guy, man. Um, eventually Austin Theory cheats. He ends up slamming Kevin Owens' hand into the stairs. And then he's yelling at, uh, Grayson Waller. His hand, his hand. So he starts focusing on the hand. Um, eventually, Kevin Owens hits a sneak roll-up for the one, two, three. And everybody is just mad. And I was, again, surprised that this wasn't a tournament match when he just said both these guys are in the tournament and they're fighting, but it's not a tournament match. I thought that was weird. Yeah, that was weird. Um all right, so my replacement idea, AJ Styles. Oh, okay. We we have different people. I was thinking uh, LA Knight because I figure, you know, Logan Paul, LA Knight, him talking that shit. Did we, did we have that yet? I feel like... Yeah, no but I, I, don't think, I don't think he wants in on that belt. You know, the other possibility, I guess, is they could slide Randy Orton in there, but with the bloodline situation, it doesn't feel right. I think this would be a perfect, like, you know, or show up and and return for AJ Styles. I and that oh my god how, oh my god yeah we need to get Kevin Owens and he's there you know at home or from the hospital and they're like like what's his name Grayson Waller who's supposed to fight him he's he's like oh I just get a bye week now I don't have to have a match and then the Kevin Owens is like oh well, you thought you weren't gonna have a match you idiot you know I got somebody to an old friend somebody to you know substitute for me. And you're going to love this one. You don't want none. <laughs> you don't want none at all. And we get to see AJ back. He wins the tournament. Oh, my God. And we get to see AJ Styles, Logan Paul. Like that would be a banger. AJ. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I, I'm thinking. Now, unnamed NXT star. There's a lot of ways we can go with this. Um Considering that we've got Santos and Dragon Lee in here, it could be Axiom because they already did just show show his face up on the main roster. But I would love for it to be one of the big dudes, you know, like I would love for it to be Braun Breaker or Trick Williams or, um, I mean, I Carmelo Hayes. I don't think Dragonov would make sense because he's got the belt, but like. I would love for it to be one of those three dudes. Dijak. Yeah. That's boom, boom. You got it. That's why I think it's going to be. I couldn't even, because I'm thinking who could, I don't think it's going to be anybody involved in the Iron Survivor match coming up this weekend. And I was thinking the only other big man that's kind of has, that's been prominent is Von Wagner, but he's not that guy. No. But that It's Dijak, bro. Like it's fucking Dijak. I'd I'd be really really into that, and especially like uh, Austin Theory, Jijack, I think would be fun. I Carrying Cross, I'm sorry, doesn't really belong in this. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I completely forgot who's in. I was very confused. I they need to cut that guy again. I'm sorry. I didn't. I don't like saying that. And there's a second person I'm gonna say about it later on NXT. I don't like saying that people should lose their jobs, but like talk about on the shelf, on the hanger, in the back of the closet. You forgot it was there. You forgot you owned it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, hmm. Um. We get a little announcement here saying that CM Punk will be on SmackDown next week. That should be interesting. Um, and uh, that's the majority of the show, really. Uh, and we just had that whole Randy Orton signing. Um, overall, this was a very entertaining SmackDown. Uh, some of the matches were, were decent. Um, I, I don't even know... I don't even know what I would consider match of the night in this show. Uh, none of them were like wildly. I felt like the story segments were much better in this show than anything match wise. Yeah, I mean, what, what do we have? We had Bianca, we had Kevin, we had Joaquin and Santos, Butch and Bobby. And Bobby, it's, it's Butch and Bobby. That was the most in ring entertaining match, in my opinion. Uh, the other stuff wasn't. Uh, necessarily about i, I enjoyed action. some of the earlier like before they really went to town on the hand with ko and even still afterwards because he still did some crazy stuff with the hand i i just always like watching ko so that wasn't terrible for me either i don't know but yeah it was it was an all right episode overall pretty good story wise i would definitely say match wise could have been a little bit better but hey not every episode can be a banger all right, NXT. So we had some interesting things go on here. Uh, the first thing that I want to jump into in NXT, um, first off, I'm going to say some comments about this episode as a whole. This was some of the best in-ring work that we've seen in a single episode of NXT in a long fucking time. There were some phenomenal matches in here. Yeah, Oh, go on. We had three banger matches. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, the story stuff, eh, I feel like we dropped the ball. So, all right, let's, let's cover what I thought was the disappointment of the fucking show. Mm -hmm. Chase you. This whole situation that they've been teasing about, oh, you know, what's the drama? What's the drama? What's the drama? Um, apparently, it's just Chase you is in debt. Some of it. Uh, it stems from quote unquote illegal activities, gambling, um, and misuse of university funds. They're in severe debt, uh, and that's that's the controversy. I'm like, okay, that's lame. the the mo The most fun in this segment was watching JC Jane in the background. She's growing up my ladder of of people that I find entertaining. I wasn't really into her previously and like the whole Gigi Dolan situation. Like I just wasn't really into that. But her in this situation, I've I've really enjoyed. Um and one thing that I found interesting was when Andre Chase said gambling, he looked back at Duke Hudson. And Duke Hudson was like he had this look on his face of like shock of just like was it him? You know what I mean? Like, was he in on it or something? I don't know. That was weird. But how'd you feel that this is the big, big drama? 
huge disappointment, extremely let down. This was the best story um, with the Thea Hale throwing in the towel, waiting for JC to turn on them to make them lose the championships. This was the best thing, in my opinion, on the program. And I'm enjoying seeing Lexus King on my screen more than I see Chase U at this point. And that, that is saying something. And right before this, we had the Lexus King footage and I'm, you know, and I, I'm so down on this when we saw Lexus King and he hit his move. I actually have good things to say about it. I don't have good things to say about this at all. Um, what's going to happen is Chase U's going to break up because the reason they lost the tag titles or, or won the tag titles, I don't know. He probably, he made a bet and he's the reason they lost. Like he either gave up, like, you know what I'm saying? Like he lost on purpose. So it's going to be some dumb storyline like that. Like I, I don't enjoy any of it. And then they're just like, he's going to answer some questions, but not all the questions. How much do you owe? Oh, oh, I can't tell you, but it's a significant amount. Oh, who do you owe it to? And next question, like, bro, just answer it. But then you answer whatever random question that they ask. Like I take full responsibility and I don't know who leaked it. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like this is, I hate it. Yeah, this was stupid. They were building it up phenomenally. Like it, the storylines in NXT aren't always the greatest. Sometimes they're pretty decent, but sometimes like it just looks like a developmental brand. You know, to be fair, it is. And uh, this had so much potential. Like I don't like Chase U. I've said it a thousand times. Like I think it's. It sets people up for failure because it's a faction dynamic that just can't exist on a main roster, um, and and this this killed it. This killed it. Like to me, this is the end of Chase U. Just fucking kill Chase U. Yeah, um, split him up. I mean, Duke Hudson's kind of good. I feel like you give him a little bit of a gimmick change, and he could actually be somebody. Like he's a big yeah, guy. He'll turn. Yeah, like he's a big guy. He's athletic. Like he's got some good moves. I don't really know. You know, and I feel like it's not like he can't talk. We just haven't seen it. Yeah, he's always been behind uh, Andre Chase. And Andre Chase does absolutely nothing for me on the microphone or in the ring or even at commentary. Sorry, I just <laughs> I had to had to go there. Um, all right, the rest of the show. Uh, let's, let's see what match should we do first? You know what? Let's go with the match that I had as match of the night. It was the main event. We had, I I guess it was to determine the next contender kind of, but not really. We had Wesley versus Johnny Gargano versus Cameron Grimes versus Bronson Reed in a fatal four-way match. And the condition was if... Wesley wins. He will be the one to face Dominic Mysterio to potentially take back his NXT North American Championship. Dude, this match went. This was like a flashback to like three to five years ago when NXT was, in my opinion, it's like ultimate peak when we had Johnny fucking wrestling. Like, this is the Johnny Gargano that you know, we needed to see this is the Cameron Grimes that that's the reason the man's in this company. Bronson Reed, Bronson Reed, right? So like he's, he's great. And Wesley was really good in this match, but like 
this is the shit that we just haven't really been seeing from NXT. And this is what the fuck it was known for. The crowd, the people, the spots, the fucking uniqueness with, with the different spots and moves and the shit that they did. Like, holy fuck, the way they did everything in this match. It was perfect leading up to it. They gave people a reminder of who these people were, showing you their previous title reigns. And me personally, I missed that third reign of Johnny Gargano when he was with The Way and Austin Theory was his protege. Like, I completely missed that. And that looked great. The match between Bronson Reed and that steel cage against Johnny Gargano, he looked like he murdered that grown man like he was a child. And I missed that match. I missed Bronson's entire run. I saw glimpses of Cameron Grimes to the moon. I heard a lot about it. But I completely missed all that cryptocurrency hype. That that was like COVID era. And that was all just so good. But man, like everybody had their time and chance to shine. Everybody got to hit a big move here and there. We got to see an appearance from Ivar. He snuck out, basically cost Bronson Reed the match. Um that he, he probably would have won after he, he got to the top and hit the tsunami, but he didn't. So we get to know that that's getting to be continued. We got to see, well, I don't even know what that little wheelbarrow spot is, monkey flip. I don't know what it's, it's not a monkey flip, but when they grab them by the feet, put their knees into their back, and they usually do this into the ropes or something. But Johnny Gargano did this shit to Cameron Grimes right into the nutsos of uh, big Bronson Reed. He got to, you know, find both of his big Bronsons right in his face. And God, and, and Bronson Reed hit this double Samoan drop, follow a slam, holding all three triple. men. We got yeah, triple, but he was holding one guy in the front, two on his back. You know what I'm saying? But goodness, just chucking people. He, I love the the stalling suplex, and then Johnny hits the knees, you know, trying to get out of it. But then he muscles them back up to still slam him, and he just wasn't going down for nobody. He fucking murdered Wesley. Wesley tried to hit the Meteora, and he just took both of those knees to his thick-ass neck and just held that man, pulled him down into the fireman's carry, into the fucking Death Valley driver on his neck. Jesus, man, this was just so good. Yeah, and ultimately, Wesley did win. He picked up the win off the cardiac kick. Um, so it will be Wesley, Dominic Mysterio. Now, this match was absolutely phenomenal. The only complaint I have is that I just didn't feel like Wesley was a believable winner. Like, the other dudes were just so fucking good in the ring. And, you know, Wesley's not bad by any means. I just felt like he was massively outclassed. Um, yeah, Bronson 100% would have won if he connected with that tsunami. So Ivar, Ivar can essentially, uh, claim that, but, um, yeah, I just felt like he was the weak man here. Cameron Grimes. I, I do really like Cameron Grimes, but like my, my problem with Cameron Grimes is our problem with Raquel, like the whole smiling, like he, he just, you know, that's a little bit much for me. In the ring, the dude's incredible. And this was like, this showcased more of Cameron Grimes than any match that he's ever had on the main roster. Um, so it was good to see that. We got good vintage Johnny Gargano, which is always awesome to see. Like this this match, was it match of the night for you as well? It has to be. Now, 
it was match of the night because it was i mean honestly like a five-star match like it was just it was just that just that fucking good this was like a pay-per-view match but my my inner personal favorite match of the night just because of i love seeing people get their ass beat was the Dragonov match yeah that i mean i love Dragonov. We, we all know that um you know, we were talking about Drew and Sammy and saying that, like, you know, it should be a, a ref's discretion ending because he should just go for finisher after finisher, not actually wanting to pin Sammy. And then this is where we got that. We got that with Dragonov, Nathan Frazier. It was a really good match. Um, Frazier had the upper hand for a decent part of it, but man, at the end, it was personal. And he hit three H-bombs to Nathan Frazier's face. And uh, that's why you don't talk about somebody's family. Yeah, man. Like, it was savage. Like, oh, my God. And both of these men can chop pretty well. Like, I was very surprised Nathan Frazier was able to throw some, like, a, a nice loud chop like that. And Dragonov's was better. And we knew Dragonov already can fuck people up. But... That was very surprising to me. But man, I wasn't expecting the Triple H bomb. Like I saw the first one and I was like, okay, nice. Like very good match, nice ending. And then he stopped and he got up and I was like, this man's insane. And he hit him again and he didn't even pin him. He one got One more right time. Him. One more time. The crowd is savage and he, oh, like the crowd just wants it. He runs and jumps and just concussion murders this man. And he's just screaming in his face after he gets the one, two, three while still holding this man down. What's wrong with this guy? Like, he's great. Yeah, I absolutely love Dragunov. Um as much as I love him being the champion, like I, I want, I want the belt off him, and I want him on the main roster ASAP because I just, I, I want guys in their prime who can do both. He can handle the microphone. He can handle anybody in the ring. If anybody has any questions about that, feel free to go back and and watch Walter Dragonov, one of the greatest matches you'll ever see. Um, I, I, I love this. Uh, I I think the Corbin match at uh, Deadline is going to be pretty good. Uh, we got a little more spice to that um, after this. I mean, it's all about like, you know, we, we got a segment earlier in the show where it's about lifestyles, man, about how, you know, you can only see your family on a screen where I go home to mine every night and all that kind of shit and whatnot. So I think that, you know, if, if Nathan Frazier just ate three H-bombs, I think Baron Corbin's going to eat like a dozen. Yeah, like some top rope shit, right? I thought it was savage when Corbin was like, yeah, it's me up here on the screen talking to you through a screen like you talk to your family. <laughs> what? You can't yeah. say that shit. Like, this, this should be a really, really fun match. Yeah, it will be. Um, I mean, Dragunov makes anything amazing. Uh, l- let's get to... What I think we haven't even talked about this, but I think we would both agree is, is the next top three match in the top three of the show. The opening match that we had, we had uh, the family defending their championships against Angel Garza and Umberto. And um, I guess you're allowed to do pile drivers in WWE again. Like that makes me so excited. Yeah, like. 
I I feel like they gotta kind of inch it back in there because you know I feel like CM Punk likes to do that shit, so they gotta. You know, he's got to hit that on, on Seth Rollins or somebody at some well, point. Well, it was right? Vince. It was Vince that took away all that stuff. And now yeah. with Triple H running the show, like an actual former wrestler who had his original move banned, like, yes, they still do the pedigree, but they don't do it the way he did. Like, it's in the rules where if you do the pedigree, you have to let go of the arms. Like, if you watch Seth, he does it. And when he gets down his hands, he hits his palms on the mat. Whereas Triple H held you in the double underhook position the entire time so you couldn't put your arms down to catch your face. Um, so, and yeah, but my only complaint is that Garza, he hit, what, what was it technically? A double underhook tiger driver? Is that what it was? Yeah. Essentially, you know what I'm saying? He he sat down on it and he he held, he held it more, didn't put that much rotation. Um, I, I call it like a butterfly driver, right? Because he kind of, you know, had him up with the with the butterfly shit. They, it's called the J Driller, like on the uh, other areas, because uh, Jay Briscoe, R.I.P. That used to be his move, right? But but that I, you, it's the first one we've seen in a long ass fucking time in anything in NX uh, in WWE, WWE period. Yeah. And he kicks out like that. I didn't like. I thought. I was like, is that his finish? Like, cause that was too rowdy, but it's nice. Cause that, that's what NXT was kind of about. It was about the near falls, these big moves and the near falls that you just wouldn't expect. So I, I like seeing that. And that's what made this match so good. I'm like, I haven't seen a lot. Well, I've seen more Angel and Umberto than I have the family. Right. But all parties, I feel like they wrestled out of their minds. Like, the characters and the way that they're portrayed and the way they wrestled in this match are two different things. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I really hope they come through on this whole situation of having them back up Santos. Cause I would be so excited for this group. For sure. Like, and it would just be crazy good, man. Like they'll have that swag. Like they got, really good moves they can all go in the ring they can murder people we need it like and again they would be a great faction to hold some type of trios belts i i i think that would be a nice thing they they could be free agents they'll float around i feel like that could be good i really do think that's you know if if they're serious about introducing more belts or or quote-unquote reintroducing i think trios belt should be the first one to come back especially with the uh the tag team unified right now you know like this gives alpha academy and like a bunch of other people an opportunity to to get a belt that you know they're they're not going to get anytime soon otherwise exactly you know and then now we can see more like when was the last time we saw like a a three-on-three match like a real three-on-three match you know what i'm saying besides like a women's match yeah, true. There hasn't hasn't been a ton. Uh, I I thought we had a Street Profits one relatively recently. I don't know. Has Bobby Lashley ever wrestled with the Street Profits? I could have sworn there was a three on three. Maybe. I, oh, it was probably against LWO, and it was like Joaquin Wild and that guy and whatever Cruz del Toro and Carlito. I believe that's what happened because we wanted. And that led to the Bobby Carlito solo, I believe, right? 
something like that. Um, so I feel like we had that. I'm trying to think if there are any others. Eh, it's whatever. But um, yeah, I I would really think that would spice everything up. Um, all right, give me give me whatever this take on Lexus King was that you had. Yeah. So we find out it still hasn't been confirmed. We we do see him rush after Trick Williams backstage before he got jumped. So. You know, now everybody's like, oh, well, now we know that it's him. It still might not be him. Like, it still could be Melo. Like, they could be, uh, like, in cahoots with each other, kind of what we'll see later. But jumping right to the only thing that I liked, he hit his move, his little straight jacket, twisting neck breaker, but he doesn't put him on the ropes. The fact that he doesn't put him on the ropes, it's not as convoluted. It looks like, you know, more natural. I didn't hate it. I, I, I liked it a lot more than the first time we saw it. And I feel like you got the arms trapped, you know, that uh that straight jacket shit. You add that quote unquote deadliness to it. It's unprotected, you know, exposed neck. I I feel like I can get behind it a little bit more than previously. I will say it was better. Um, I what is he calling it? The coronation? I, I don't know, man. As uh, as the show progressed, my um, I I turned the volume down. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was all right. I'm still not into the dude. I mean, he has to paint his beard on his face. Like I don't, I, I, I'm sorry, but I can never get behind that. Like I can't, I can't look past that. It's so egregious to me. Um, we had some Iron Survivor stuff. So we had uh, Kiana James versus Kalani Jordan, and Kalani Jordan ended up winning after Roxanne was distracting Kiana James. So obviously, they're they're just perpetually. Uh, dragging out this Roxanne Keanu James thing, so we got Kalani Jordan again. They need some fodder, you know. She ain't gonna win it. Uh, advancing to the women's Iron Survivor, and then on the men's side, we had. Hang on, I gotta find it now. Uh, Eddie Thorpe and Braun Breaker. Surprise, surprise. Braun Breaker won there. Um, it was funny because in that match, they're like. You know, oh, I'm sure, you know, the the we can't get that Dijak Eddie Thorpe strap match out of our minds. It's it's something that we'll never forget. And I'm like, didn't we just say that we forgot that that shit even happened? Yeah, like I forgot I forgot this guy existed cuz like he comes out for that match and he has like tape on his ribs and shit and I'm like what happened to this guy? I'm like, we haven't even seen this guy. And then they were like, oh, he had a three-on-one beatdown. I was like, oh, yeah, he he did like get beat up by Drew Gulak and his boys, right? He got stretched out or whatever they were talking about. Uh, Charlie Dempsey, I guess, told him he was going to stretch him out, and he did. I don't know. Weird. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, come on now. You knew Braun Breaker was going to win. We got that Kalana Jordan match. Uh, she ended up winning. Cannon James got distracted by Roxanne like hitting the bell which wasn't the first weird bell spot that we had in the night which is weird that it happened twice (laughs) um yeah this this joe gacy thing is weird man and i'm i'm gonna chime in on that but 
like notes on the women's division we find out from ava rain who's just hanging backstage i guess she's now just a girl with everybody else um it sounds like we're having some final whatever they called it matches for all the all the loser matches are going to get all the losers of the iron survivor tournament or whatever are going to get like a second chance match and you know for that final slot and you know i guess roxanne's in it um keanu james will be in it who do you think is going to take that final slot in this uh iron survivor on both men and women uh Women, Jade Cargill. <laughs> no, I, I'm honestly not sure. Um, because I also can't remember who like some of the losers were already. Because obviously the losers aren't getting in. But who would be fun? I mean, I feel like introducing Nathan Frazier into it could be fun, but he just had his match with Dragunov, so, you know, like, meh. Um, Is Lexus King in it? Lexus King uh, with this... uh, I thought he... I don't know. I didn't... I I, I don't think he is, and I would assume he would end up in it. Yeah, because this match wasn't for a spot in it. Yeah, yeah. He well, no, he was he was chosen because he was talking shit to. That's what led to this Briggs match because he was talking shit. He was like, "Yeah, you know, whatever, Jensen, whoever the other guy was." He's like, "You were chosen, Um, Fallon Henley. You were chosen. I was chosen." And he's like, "I don't know why you're speaking up, Briggs. No legend ever spoke about you." So he had to have been somehow. I guess whatever match he had last time was he got into it. I don't know, but let me look at the previous NXT to see. Yeah, check that shit. I Let's feel like Melo is gonna get into it, and that's gonna continue the trick Melo stuff. Melo already lost though. That's the thing. He lost to Josh Briggs. But he, there's a second chance match next week. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I, I think he's gonna get in on the men's side. And I don't know. I feel like I feel like probably Kiana James, not Roxanne. But I don't know. Uh I'd rather see Roxanne in it. Personally. I uh, I if we go down this heel turn road to Roxanne, I'm I'm really kinda into that. So I, I would prefer that. Um Honestly, I, I don't even really care that much because I feel like whoever's going to win is already in it. Like, Tiffany should win, in theory. Um, and on the men's side, I actually feel like Trick is going to win. Yeah, I feel like maybe Trick... I, I, I kind of feel like Lash Legend might sneak a victory. Eh, no, no. I like I don't think she really should, but I feel like they've been oddly pushing her. They've been giving her more in-ring work. And like she's a heel. A heel has to win. And I guess it makes sense for Tiffy to win, right? But it's like who if it's not Tiffy, none of those other people I feel like they've given anything to get there, you know? 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, speaking of Lash, looks like a metaphor accepted a three-way match, mixed tag team match against Alpha Academy which for next week. So that should be fun. Yeah, yeah. Maxine and Lash, that, that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that 100%. Um, there were also a handful of insignificant uh, things that happened here, I guess. You know, the Ariana Grace, Carmen Petrovich match. Uh, it was whatever. And the story is kind of whatever. Ariana Grace is annoying, so I guess, you know, People are behind Carmen shutting her up, but I don't know, it's whatever. And then we we see a return of Nikita Lyons. Are you are you anything about that? Rar, whatever the fuck she kept doing in the crowd, dude. She's a lion, right? I don't I don't care. Dude, um, bro, like I, I'm gonna say some controversial shit right here, but like she to me is like the poster child of someone who doesn't fucking wrestle when they do wrestle they suck and then they just shake their ass on social media and get attention like fucking do something productive please yeah you know you're kind of not wrong because i feel like she was just in the position of like every women in the breakout tournament we haven't seen much of her and then like she got hurt so it's like Stop, like I feel like they're b- putting a whole bunch of hype videos and packages and stuff like that. Be like, oh yeah, she this is her. She's great, and she did like you know one or two squash matches. Like, and then she got hurt, and it's like she did nothing to make us care about her. I still don't really know if she was like. I assume she was a face, right? But we we don't really know, right? Because he never really did too much. Um, but commenting on women, the only thing really relevant about this Ariana Grace. Petrovich match was Joe Gacy. I guess he was under the ring, just just hanging out, right? We see a promo him of him where he belongs. Like, yeah, right. I'm like, that's true. And this was the second person I was talking about. Of, I'm sorry, just release this guy. I, I um, I don't care. And I think, I think he's got new little dyad buddies. Because if we go back to when all the men were in the locker room and Nathan Frazier was, was talking that shit to Dragunov, yeah, we see those two face paint mask guys just walk through. I feel like he's got relation to them, but he just steals the ring bell and starts ringing it later at the end of the match. I'm like, the hell is that about, dude? Yeah, I don't know what they're going on with here. I feel like they're trying to like make him into some like Bray Wyatt wannabe and it's just not working. Yeah. And I guess the only uh, real last thing that was relevant in this match was we did have that Lexus King Briggs match. We saw who won, but Melo did come out, you know, Melo was trying to get trick like, uh, let's go get him back. Let's go get our lick back. Let's go mess him up. And then trick is like, nah, man, we above that. And then Melo's like, are we? And then Trick's like, yeah, man, we are. Like, Trick, do you not pick up that your boy is crazy? Like, there's something wrong with him. And he ends up going out there. And correct me if I'm wrong, right? Because I literally looked down um, typing my notes because I was typing them on my phone during this match. Did he grab Briggs and not Lexus King? Yeah. That that was kind of the weird, weird part of it. I feel like Melo and Lexus King are in cahoots. 
Fucking hope not, man. Like, just don't don't give this guy any time. And then I guess that would mean that Melo is not going to be the superstar. Dude, imagine if it's Alexis King in the U.S. title tournament. No. Who it, who it should be, it should be Dirty Dom, right? <laughs> That's who it should be. All I know is that the one thing that I want to celebrate the most is that we've had Raws and Smackdowns occur absent one person in particular. I thought they were going to show her um, when I saw this girl in this gi or whatever they want to call that jujitsu outfit. You know what I'm saying? The clothes. And then she has a sword. And I guess this is, you know prejudice on my part right but i was like well i was like why what are they doing with zaya lee i was like why is she out here and then it was petrovich and i was like oh never mind yeah so zaya lee's been absent for raw and nxt now and uh we can only hope that the trend continues and speaking of random women maybe i said this i don't remember if i said this but there was a backstage segment between Fallon Henley and Lyra Valkyria. And then there was some random chick hiding behind the curtain. Like, who was that? (laughs) That's the crowd reacted. The crowd was like, oh, and I was like, I don't recognize her. I've never seen her on anything before. (laughs) So. So you have no idea who it was. Yeah, like I'm I'm stumped. Like I didn't I did not recognize her. I'm actually going to Google it. Um but I really didn't recognize her at all. All right. All right. So I'm going to look this up real quick and see if I can find it. Uh Tatum Paxley. Okay, that name sounds familiar. Oh, so the crowd probably reacted because she was like big back in the day. I don't remember what like who she, who she was friends with, who she was beefing with. Uh, I mean, she's she's on the younger side, so I, I don't know. Uh, she was a tag partner with Ivy Nile, I think. Okay, okay, she could have, yeah, yeah, she could have been Ivy's friend before, like they kind of split up. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think she's been on for a couple months. I think one of the things I see is like she lost to Ivy Nile and that may have been her most recent match. Yeah. She's been wrestling on NXT level up. It looks like she's had a a couple of recent matches because that's what the WWE YouTube is showing me. Two weeks ago, she fought Danny Palmer. In June, she fought Roxanne Perez. In July, she fought Fallon Henley. So I guess she's just been developing. Yeah, maybe maybe she's uh, hanging out with Jade. Probably, you know, she was probably taking those Jades to the face and they were like, you take those really well. We're going to go ahead and put you back on TV. Yeah, yeah, you'll get a match. You get a match, you get a match, you get a match, and you get a match. All right, my dog, take us home. Well, well, people, here we are once again. 
We do thank you for allowing us to make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. We will catch you next time with some Monday Night Raw action. It is the go-home week for NXT. So we got Raw, we got NXT, we got SmackDown, and then we got Deadline. So it should be a jam-packed week of action. But until then, y'all stay safe and have a great day. Fuck it. Come at me, whoever trademarked that shit. Yeet indeed. Peace.